electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl King today with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Pretty steady pre-market after five straight gains. Got the Fed taper announcement, another S&P record high. Got some surprises today. Bank of England holds steady, watching OPEC Plus and a new COVID low in jobless claims, 269,000. Our roadmap begins, though, with Moderna falling after the company cut its 2021 forecast for COVID vaccine sales. Plus, we're going to have a first on CNBC interview with Qualcomm CEO Cristiano Oman. The shares are soaring after the company did post a beat of earnings estimates and record sales. And IBM completing its long-awaited spinoff of its infrastructure services business, Kindrel. We'll talk with the CEO ahead of the company's first trade. Moderna, though, is going to be the lead. Uh, not only is it a miss, revenue was light, uh, and their guidance on COVID revenue, Jim, is below the street. They're blaming some supply constraints on international deliveries. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that people get these press releases, and this one was buried. You, you read about the problems there uh, pretty late in the game here. And what, what bothers me was just, uh, is, is that they put all these other great things before they have the 2021 update about you know, personal vaccines and stuff like that, and you're all excited. And then you get to the just bomb dropping here. Uh, but they did, you know, some people can say, look, some of it's delayed to next year. But you know, this has turned out to be a young company. David Pfizer, not a young company. Merck, not a young company. They seem to know how to handle volume. <clears throat> Is that what the issue is? Just well, how I to think, handle the volume? Yeah, I think so. You do? Well, I think it's, it's hard So to, it's not as demand-based? It's hard to be as predictive if you just... Right. I mean, before we too hard on this guy, I mean, Bansell, I mean, let, let's remember what they did. I mean, Incredible. They were the first one to have a shot that was the actual bottom of the stock market. They, The actual bottom that day. They said, we have had one, a trial with one person. Well, so now they're sending... Like just a huge number of these. So I don't want to be too critical, critical of those. But it does remind you that, that when you're investing with a young company, uh, you have to accept the fact that maybe they could cut their forecast without reasoning that we would think, which is like, how could you not know? I mean, it, supply chain, you think they, who has supply chain problems like them? I mean, who knows what they have to produce? So anyway, I, want, I guess what I'm saying is let's look at them a little more kindly. Uh, but the stock has had such a run that people are looking for a reason to... It has. Although the stock did remember that week in which when we first got the very positive uh, phase three results on Molnupiravir and Merck right. stocks soared, Moderna began a sell-off then That's, as well. That was the beginning. Should point out, by the way, since we've been following it or certainly <laughs> closely, Molnupiravir is called Lago Rio in, uh, in the UK. Approved. Well, I thought that was great. Approved. Uh, so uh, the first oral antiviral will be available uh, in the UK um, within days. Uh, there it is. 
Um, so, you know, I said safe and effective seven different times I, I in her press release no, announcing it. That's um, news. November 30th is when our own FDA. By the way, Regeneron had good numbers and talked about their cocktail. Yep. I, I did think for the again, for the irony part here. Uh, so Moderna talks about when it's late. And then uh, three paragraphs later, a share repurchase program of up to one billion. But the stock's falling more than the repurchase. <laughs> yes, it is. Get in there and buy. Um, how does this all fit in, though, with the comment about post, maybe post-pandemic life? You got maybe more a, a more reasonable vaccine schedule. We're going to have antivirals, at least in the U.K., um, all these other names, the Etsy's of the world, the Pelotons that have given up so much since January. Well, I mean, I think that is Frank Del Rio is going to say tonight, uh, the CEO of Norwegian Cruise Lines, look, we are in that post-pandemic world. I think that a lot of us now find that we're shocked when someone has COVID. When Aaron Rodgers has COVID, it's shocking. He's a quarterback. I'm aware. Um, I'm aware. When Saquon Barkley might have, we're now we're trying to figure out whether it's a false positive or not on his test yesterday. Because I picked up a, a player who might be a sub fantasy. But there is, we start thinking, how did that happen? How did that happen? Hey, look, a lot of us know the, the people who broke through on two. But three vaccines seems to be that magic number that I don't hear a lot of breakthrough. You felt good since your booster. Yep. Yeah, I feel, I mean, I'm not wanting to, like, stick my hand into a you know, hornet's nest because I've got <laughs> anti-hornet stuff on. But, yeah, I, I do. It. I mean, I was very proud. The other night I went out to a restaurant. They said, we see your card. I said, yeah. <laughs> it was like double oh seven. You got two cars. I have a license to eat. So, so yeah. many different I mean, shots. Yeah, you know, like, I turn I'm, it over. I just I mean, yesterday I told someone. I said, well, are, you, "Are you vaccinated?" I said, four Moderna's and three Pfizer's." <laughs> and the person said, "Wow, that's a lot of vaccines." <laughs> they didn't, you know, didn't understand the iron, the jokes that people they are now doing. But listen, it's not. I mean, thankfully, as we pointed out every day, uh, rates continue to decline in much of the country. Yes. Hospitalizations, but the virus itself is 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 quite. Um, you know, it's much more deadly than it seemed to have been at the outset of the pandemic. Right. And it's funny because I was talking about Molnupiravir this, this morning. Their trial, one in 50 people who were on placebo died. And 14% ended up in the hospital. Oh, uh, and that was, was just the trial, the phase for, for Molnupiravir. Oh, so, yeah. you know, let's not forget, it is still out there and it is still oh, yeah. quite dangerous. I mean, one of my doctors had uh, out for a week in tremendous pain, a 76er. I got it and very, very sick after a breakthrough. So uh, there are breakthroughs. But yeah, there are breakthroughs. And I think back to Moderna, first right. shot conceivably right. would be will be more even like more that. protective. And so but a lot of people die from the flu. I don't want to minimize it. Now, the president, again, is saying here's a new group of people that has to get the vaccine. I think that there's tremendous tension. You mean kids? Uh, no. Some people, you know, if you have 100 workers. And- oh, yes, yes. The federal. Yes. Well, I, look, I think that there's still, uh, this, Dr. Topol is talking about, I mean, there's certain states that just, you know, if you went to them, I think you're going to expect that, that there's high risk. Yeah, well, we're certainly watching you know, for seasonal trends to see if we get an up, uh, uptick yeah. as we move into the winter. We are watching Qualcomm today, though, uh, beating on earnings, reporting a 56% rise in smartphone chip sales year on year. As Jim said, we're going to talk to Cristiano Amon in the next half hour. Uh, I don't know. Can we string together on semi, NXP, Qualcomm, uh, yes. some decent prints in the space? Well, I think that we have to recognize that there really was a remarkable series of acquisitions, David, in your world. Well, Qualcomm really bulked up, bulked up on auto, and now they're integral. Well, the Viennier deal, which, you know, uh, where it was kind of complex, but it did give them 
uh, the, the ADAS Very technology, which is going to be important for autonomous. That's early days there, but they are making a lot of the fact that 38% of their revenues were derived from non-phone, non-handset sources. And they're very excited about that. And I'm sure Mr. Amman is going to come back to that point time and again when we yes. do interview him, particularly if he's on his talking points. Um, but they want to emphasize that because it shows there's a diversity of revenue streams coming for the company. And it's not all just about handset sales. Oh, and by the way, they have clout because they did not have a problem getting uh, wafer supply, it looks like, from Taiwan Semi or from Samsung. They and, seem to have managed the supply chain, right. and that's something else we're going to want to ask him about as well. They're I not think. afraid to say the word Apple on their call. Remember how everyone, you know, the Cupertino giant, you know, they sneak the stuff in. They're not, and I think one of the reasons why is because they tussled. They tussled is a nice way to put it. Tussled, yeah, they, right? they really went at it for quite a long period of time. That was Mr. Molenkov. Who, it was. Who was retired. Yeah, he had a velvet, you know, velvet fist. Whereas Cristiano's just a, Cristiano's, well, you'll see. He's, he's pleasant, not pixie-ish. No. Pleasant. Uh, but but uh, I think a lifer. Uh, he's been there for yes. a long yes. time. Very, very smart and, uh, fellow. Very, very close to. Enjoy his, his company. Um, is, he, he's, to be fair, to, I mean, the stock is breaking out today, but well, it, it has not, been, it, the it has not been the greatest, as you can see, three months. But even over, if you take a look. The analysts were wrong, David. They didn't see all these different divisions that no. won't fire. No, they, they did didn't not get anticipate. it. There's been a lot of analysts getting a lot of things wrong in the semi-world. Why do you think that is, Jim? I think that a lot of people misjudge. Uh, it all seems to come back to Intel. There's just so many analysts who still are blinded by the light. They can't understand it. I think Advanced Micro, when this is over, is going to have a larger market cap than Intel. NVIDIA, they didn't see coming one bit. We can talk about NVIDIA forever because they, well, they have the omniverse. We should keep talking about NVIDIA a bit because, I mean, every day you watch it, it, it seems to be very close to, if not hitting a new high. It's right there again. It's the omniverse. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's approaching a $700 billion market value. So it's, what are, I don't know, number it's seven, our, number six, it's number seven you know, market Qualcomm cap. was against the ARM deal. You know, they've lobbed, NVIDIA's trying to buy ARM. And that would give them game, set, match to everything. What does NVIDIA do if the ARM deal doesn't happen? Does it matter? No, it doesn't at this point because they have the, the uh, graphics chips, the graphic cards that you need in order to be able to have Zuckerberg's uh, metaverse has to be on NVIDIA's omniverse. We're going to have to get a metaverse um, animation, I think, in the same way that we had one for, for Kathy for, Wood. For Kathy and, Wood or SPAC. Oh, and did she, she did um, the metaverse? You, well, let's did, work on did that. Did her sell Zill be... Zillow after she bought it? She that sold, numbers? I think, almost 30%, I think maybe? that was her across, avatar. Across the, uh, the whole No, that was, that was kind of, she, she bought low and then uh, sold lower. It's not bad. 300,000 bought the day before and then unloaded 2.86 million yesterday. I put Rich Barton on the wall of uh, shame yesterday. Oh, we're talking Zillow now, yeah. Yeah, I Zillow. Think. You put him on the wall of shame. He, he went on the wall of shame. Whoa. Well, because, you see, he said that it was obviously very difficult to do it. But if you go back to the previous quarter, he said it was really going great. So unless it collapsed in a period no, of You sale, don't like that. You don't like when people are not honest. No, ill-advised. Yes. We never do you take somebody honest. down from the wall in order? Is, is I said, there a limited I said quantity would, of wall space? I said he would come down immediately when he retires or spends no, but, more time with his family. I'm saying you're putting new one up. Do you have to take somebody down? No? You don't have, like, emeritus or ex-officios? I have a veterans committee that <laughs> on the wall. puts people right back in. You just have to be careful. How many people are on the wall right, right now? Do you right know? Now. It's very few. But I have to tell you, this man If I put my it. phone up to the QR code on your head, will it tell me how many people are on the wall? 
We're going to do that joke every day, aren't we? <laughs> Damn right we are. Merck's up two bucks. It's your stock. I'll find out right now. <laughs> oh, there's seven people on yes. the wall. When we come back, IBM's infrastructure services spinoff Kendrill set to begin trading at the NYSE today. We'll talk to the CEO. Uh, got a lot of earnings to get through. Kellogg and Viacom, Roku, Etsy, EA, plus some downgrades of uh, Starbucks and AMC. We're back in a moment. You seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. IBM completing its long-awaited spinoff of Kindrel, that's K-Y-N-D-R-Y-L, symbol KD, with the new company set to begin trading here on the New York Stock Exchange today. Joining us now, first on CNBC is Kindle chairman and CEO Martin Schroeder, formerly of IBM, and this is the spinoff of IBM. Martin, it is great to see you. Congratulations on ringing the bell, and tell us exactly what Kindrel will be doing. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity. Look, we start life, Jim, as... 88,477 of the best digital engineers on the planet running the world's infrastructure today. We're the biggest in the space. We've got a great set of intellectual property. We've got great relationships with our customers, and we're really excited about the ability to invest we now have, and we're really excited about the freedom of action we get to go, to go participate in that market ecosystem that our customers, customers have been asking us to do. So we're re- really excited about our path from here. Well, let's drill down on that freedom of action. On your website, you say, as an independent company, Kindrel will partner with industry IT leaders in addition to IBM. Well, I presume that means an Amazon, a, a Google, it could be even Azure. And it, will that make it so your total addressable market is far bigger than you currently have? Yeah, that's exactly right, Jim. So first, first and foremost, IBM uh, is a great partner of ours, and, and we will continue to partner really, really well with IBM, uh, with our customers, because we still have highly complementary skill sets, highly complementary offerings. Uh, but at the same time now, we get to now go partner with other hyperscale cloud providers. We get to partner with uh, other platform providers. We get to partner with other application vendors and, of course, a whole range of other systems integrators. So, so we really now join that market ecosystem system that our customers are using every day, the ones that our customers are saying, you know, can you help us in this space? Can you help us with this, uh, with this hyperscale provider? So it's a really big deal for us. And no, it, does, it does allow now our market to basically double from where we, where we sit today. 
Well, I, I like all that, but then I, I was kind of off-put by this line in the Wall Street Journal story saying that uh, you don't expect to show revenue growth uh, until 2025. I mean, if you've got a total adjustable market that can double, I'm surprised that you are so downbeat about when you can turn revenue growth. Yeah, look, the business, uh, the business, Jim, has been on a sort of a five, six percent decline. And it's very much a it's a it's sort of a backlog driven business. So so as we rebuild that backlog, which will take some time. And, and again, we're running hearts and lungs of of the of our of our customers infrastructure. So these are, you know, long sell cycles. We have to develop these relationships uh, in the ecosystem. And then really importantly, we have to start making our investments to move our skills, to move our labor pools into those faster growing areas. So this will take us a little bit of time to stabilize the business and then return to growth. But because of this services nature of of the business, once we get that flywheel going, we're going to see a nice, good, long uh, stretch of growth in front of us in that market. Well, I I know sales is important for growth stock investors, but I have to believe that now separated from IBM that your gross margins can expand, operating margins can expand, maybe high single digits. Yeah, look, we, we see an opportunity here to really do both, to stabilize the revenue base and, and to continue to improve, uh, uh, improve our margin base. But we're also going to be investing quite heavily. So we're really focused on where margins are going to be in, say, 24, 25, more so than we are, where they are going to be 22, 23. We have to. We have to invest here in order to, uh, in order to get back to growth. That's a, that is our focus. Okay, so, Martin, you, a lot of people working at the company, and I think that's great. Uh, I was hoping for a little bit of rationalization of workforce. But here again on the website, you say we're 90,000 strong and growing. Uh, Maybe you should be 90,000 strong and trying to figure out who is not as needed now that you're no longer just selling a lot of IBM product. Yeah, look, uh, uh, Jim, our path forward from here is to invest in in the skills and the talent we have. These are our team are the trusted, the trusted people running the infrastructure today. So our plan is to, to take the teams we have and to expose them to the education, get them credentialed, if you will, in that broader ecosystem so that not only can they help uh, with the deep skills they have around IBM technologies, but now we can help our customers on that journey, say, to, to the Microsoft cloud, to the Google cloud, to the AWS cloud. We can help them on their journey with other application providers. So, so our, our path forward is really to, to take the workforce we have, the trust we've with our customers, and to get them into these bigger market areas, these bigger opportunities. There is a lot of growth in this marketplace. We're just not, we're just, we have to pivot to it. We're just not, we're not where it is today. And how about Martin Schroeder? You retired in 2020. Uh, you were old hand at IBM. I've, I've known you for a long time, Martin. You seem more fired up than any time I have seen. Uh, so this opportunity for you must be, you really just get a chance to become a big-time CEO of a large company and excited about it. Well, look, it's, again, there, like I said, 88,477 people who really, who really want a shot to show the world what they can do. So being a part of that is super exciting, obviously. And then, again, the freedom of action we get that in, in order to, to really reinvent this business is, is also super exciting. So I am delighted to be a part of this. This is an opportunity that I was not going to miss. And we've got a great team. We've got a great senior executive team. We've got a great leadership across the corporation. And we were able to recruit a terrific board for Kindrel, and that's going to make such a different difference for us as well. So it's, it's just good to be part of this. Well, Martin, we want to wish you the best of luck. Martin Schroeder, the CEO of Kindrel, which starts trading today under the symbol KD. Great to have you on the show, sir. Thank, Thank you. you, Jim.
Still to come this morning, uh, Qualcomm's chief, Christian Amon, uh, will shares a big, obviously, on the earnings beat that we talked about a moment ago. Meantime, take a look at futures as we continue to digest not just the surprise, no hike out of BOE, but, of course, the Fed presser and taper announcement yesterday. Squawk on the streets back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. cheering here going on for uh, Kendall. Just spoke to uh, Martin Schroeder, but we're going to get to a mad dash. Seven minutes before we get started with trading here at the NYSE. Costco. Yes. Now, if you take my phone and put it up to my head and look at the QR code, you're going to see that this has been one of our longtime positions for the Chapel Trust. I mean, telling members of the investment club this is terrific, but I did not think it would be this good. On their, they, they have a conference call that's just a tape. Uh, they're doing 11.7 uh, U.S. I'm backing out gasoline. 14.7 international. David, and I'm going to tell you, the food court is back. Now, those of us going to the food court know that we can really chow down for very little money. The food business is on fire. Uh, a couple other businesses are good, too, but this is extraordinary. I don't even think Costco realized the kind of power it has. And they're, people are clamoring for Costco's all over the world because the prices are right. But look at that. There's also a theme that the biggest out there have the most control over their supply chain to some extent, or at least can navigate it far better than smaller players and therefore will benefit at their expense. Now, I know we discussed the three-fleet Navy that Costco has. They have their own ships at the ring from Asia. I just think Costco is the kind of company where uh, you go and there's going to be something there that is for less than they paid. And then you go tell all your friends, you got to go get the Xenia vest. You got to go get the Camus underpriced. They just are remarkable. And anyone who's worked with them, who's ever sold into them, knows that they drive a hard bargain. But it's the greatest source of, if you're in, you're in big. And you make a lot of money selling to Costco. Right, but well, Costco is a membership business, and they can raise the membership price anytime they want. And they will not lose a soul because the deal is such a great deal. And the food court, David? You like that food court, uh, huh? Sweet. All right. Speaking of sweet, we are waiting for an opening bell here a few minutes from now, of course. Looking for uh, potentially uh, a higher market. You can see right there, though. Kind of mixed. The NASDAQ, though, does appear headed higher five minutes from now. Stay with us. Take a look at Roku this morning, uh, 48 cents, better than six cents, but revenue is shy. Uh, they guide below for the Q4 revenue. Uh, supply chain issues, Jim, are hurting TV sales. You got tough comps. The ad market is a little shaky. There's a lot working against it today. Yeah, there is. Uh, this is a, had been a charm stock. Uh, I actually believe them on the TV supply chain. That made a lot of sense. David, you know, Roku's got competition, and it kind of dovetails with all the competition we've heard about everything entertainment, and it's relentless. The <laughs> credit cards and entertainment yeah. are the two things that are just not cooking for people right now. I mean, right listen, now. we know streaming, obviously, is the way most people watch television now, so to speak. Direct-to-consumer is the most important offering of many of the, most of the content right. companies. But Roku, it's, you know, you've got any number of different ways that you can choose to navigate right. that. 
They've done an incredible job creating oh, an ecosystem that one might never have imagined from simply selling a device. Well, look, I, I do I want to buy it here? I mean, it's been in that kind of terminal downturn of companies like you mentioned that are uh, Peloton. I mean, we, we are back into that world of trying to figure out who is end of pandemic. The one I want to compliment is Laura Albert and William Sonoma. A lot of people felt that that was a pandemic story. Take a look. Ever since Simon Property said good things, a lot of the mall base are going up. And, so, and WSM remains my favorite. Very inexpensive stuff. Very inexpensive. Uh, there's definitely a, a cohort of companies that benefited from people being home. Some argue those people are home a little bit less. There's the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange and the big board today celebrating its spinoff, as we just said, uh, from IBM, tech infrastructure firm Kindrel. We just talked to Martin Schroeder at the NASDAQ. It's autonomous vehicle company Aurora celebrating its listing deal stack. The to them They're not Kevin Durantin. They're Kindrel. I think a lot of people were confused, David, when they heard KD. That's Kindle, not Durant. Got it. Talking about Roku and streaming, uh, Viacom gets a billion dollars in streaming revenue and adds about uh, four million globally to 47 million. I see Backish now talking about DOJ, Simon and Schuster without merit. Yeah, the Simon and Schuster sale did get challenged by the DOJ. There was some question at the time of the announcement or when there was competition for that publishing company as to whether or not that deal, if it was announced, would get challenged. It did. But Viacom and Sub, you can see, listen, advertising, uh, you know, they had 13% year-over-year growth. As, as Carl just said, uh, a billion in, in streaming revenue added, what, 4.3 million subs. I think they're now uh, at uh, 47 million total. Okay. Paramount Plus. Uh, and they're very excited about the Pause Patrol right. 2. Well, how about are you excited about the fact that yes. Archegos is the gift and that keeps Clifford giving? the Red Dog. Sorry. Archegos is the gift that keeps giving. They, they enabled Viacom to sell a lot of stuff. And did you see Credit Suisse getting out of a very We did. I mean, game. it's funny. I'm glad we, we mentioned Archegos yesterday, just right. in light of, in general, some of the crazy moves that we've seen. But none crazier than what we saw with Viacom, which did benefit from that, uh, that moment in time. To your point, though, Credit Suisse, big story today in the Wall Street Journal. They are basically out of prime brokerage entirely after suffering losses in excess of $5 billion from if, lending if, to Mr. If they get out of banking and brokerage, they got it made. <laughs> they have a really strong business in Switzerland. The question, uh, you know, in yeah. terms of private banking, no, they, what they do kidding. there and all those relationships, there's always been some question as to whether Credit Suisse would see uh, be in the sights of their hometown UBS right. and or another larger institution uh, in terms of consolidation. Yeah. But for now... They lost a lot of people, Credit Suisse, a lot. I know. Uh, Look, I feel bad after that. You could argue that anybody could have been snookered. Yeah. uh, And that they were the ones that... It wasn't Credit Suisse. Morgan Stanley did the underwriting for that big offering for uh, for Viacom. But guys, uh, you know, you can see. I mean, listen, linear TV, still a lot of questions. Yes. We know which way it's going. It's only going one way in terms of subscribers. Uh, And then advertising... In particularly in light of the fact that we've said many times, uh, many companies are choosing perhaps to cut back a bit given they can't get product out there. So why spend money to try to sell product that isn't available? And there's Netflix, that big run, because they had a huge hit. Yes. And that's a hit-driven business, the way that we used to think of as uh, when Columbia Pictures traded separately. And they go, wow, <laughs> close, 
close encounters move that stock up in 20 percent. Well, I'm thinking back to the Barclays uh, uh, downgraded Disney a couple weeks ago. Their idea was that some of these streaming issues with people at home less would mean they'd have to push back their streaming sub targets. Is there risk for Disney next week? Yeah, look, this is something I'm glad you brought it up. This is this. I keep hearing this, that there's risk to Disney, risk to Disney. Uh, I think Disney's in a transition situation. Uh, I believe that there, that the new Disney, park-related, conceivably omniverse-related, <clears throat> which is different from metaverse, that's Facebook's <laughs> metaverse. But, you know, look, I think if you, if you want post-pandemic, my, uh, my bulletins say buy it. But not aggressive. I've never said to be aggressive because this is a transition quarter. You're not going to get. Look at what happened. One person got COVID in China, yeah, and I, next I thing you know, you got how many? Shanghai Disney. Shanghai Disney. Shanghai Disney yeah. gets locked down. Yeah, locked down. Was there a sleepover? One? <laughs> they should have. The they should have themed it as Mickey's sleepover. Yeah. That would have been better. Would, you know, if I was I a little mean, kid, it'd be the greatest thing in the world. I just ever. got locked into the Magic Kingdom. You I can't mean, you leave. Jeez, ho, yo, 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 ho! This is my life. <laughs> By the way, um, one more thing in the entertainment space. Uh, AMC, Webbush cuts oh, to underperform. Actor. Target awesome. 750. Their general line, Jim, is that they believe eventually retail is going to move on. I thought that was very interesting because, it, you know, they kind of just, it's kind of just out there. Uh, but they are saying that this fascination is going to go away. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. And the reason why I'm not quite sure is because Adam Aaron keeps putting up amazing numbers. And that does, I know, David, you could argue that it should be from a $10 level, but yeah, Adam I mean, is not, very They're bold. not arguing the fundamentals of the business aren't getting better. Right, right. But they are. I, I was, but I was yesterday, what? I mean, they still, they had half as many shares outstanding December of 2020 as they do right now. Well, you could argue They've that, doubled their share count, and by the way, they still are losing money. Well, I mean, look at the cruise ship companies. You, people love those. And I have, uh, you know, and no even next year, it's trading at something like 10 times revenue. Well, David, what's Tesla trading at? How many Fords did Tesla add today? Uh, Tesla is having a very strong day today. Right. So what are you, it's, you're, it's, it's uh, back to a $1.23 trillion market value. That might be a new high, actually. But, but I think, David. By the way, um, you, but you change the subject because you don't ever want to right. admit that AMC shouldn't be bought. The market cap is twice the annual North American box yeah. office. Name, rank, and serial number. Okay. I mean, Adam Aaron on Melissa's excellent, excellent documentary gave you a terrific soliloquy about how he was able to solve this company's issues on the backs of uh, Jane Goodall on last night. Um, backs well, of the apes. You keep changing the subject. No, Jane Goodall. Oh, the, the apes. Uh, the apes. Uh, All right. All right, I mean, we're I, never going to get oh, him to okay, admit that AMC may be overvalued. He just oh. loves it. Oh, and he take two it. reported better than expected. <laughs> How's that? You want me to do that game? I can do that game. Bookings had a very good quarter. We got a lot to get to. Did you guys see, though, the, I mean, not that we often talk about it, Roche buying $20 billion of its stock back from Novartis, which yeah. has owned it for 20 years. It's really incredible. It's an enormous deal, by the way. It, it did a, they had a pretty good return over time. Uh, I think it was over a 10% annualized was return. was today. Um, did you that see an little, enormous the article, deal. And they the said we, was like three inches. Yeah, I know. I mean, I remember when they did that deal. Do you remember when Roche? Roche owns Net, Remember Genentech? Genentech. Yeah. Roche owns that. TPA. Also um, Ford yeah. with uh, buying back some uh, debt. Some debt. Yeah. I, I think that, once again, Farley surprises every day. We're going to talk to Phil LeBeau's got something in Tech Check. Not Farley, well, but we're going to talk Farley, about it. Farley, I send Farley emails at 
3.30 a.m., 4. Hey, he responds. Sometimes you think, geez, there are emails cross. I mean, he, uh, he does not sleep on multiple days. I'm convinced of that. And he has got to be the most aggressive CEO in North America. Today. Well, I don't think Elon Musk sleeps a lot either. Well, Farley's so not. I'll take your Farley's Farley not, and up you a must. Okay, you, I got to tell you something. It is Ford versus. It's, well, it's going to be Ford versus Farley now because Adam well, Jones is in The fact great. that we're calling it Musk versus Farley. It is, is Musk versus Farley. Yes. And remember, it's the pickup. Farley has never said it's about the uh, regular vehicle. It's the pickup. Right. And where is Elon Musk pickup? Which looks like kind of like an ice cream truck meets a Sherman tank. It's not there yet. It's no. not there yet. Well, um, you know, by the way, Farley makes fun. He doesn't think it's great looking. No. Farley. Jim, uh, NVIDIA's up another 3.5%. Of course. And the metaverse seems to be, it's, it's, maybe it's catching on. Uh, Facebook, or formerly known as Facebook, is up 1%. You NVIDIA the, is up. NVIDIA is the platform um, that everybody has to write on, okay? It, including Facebook. Everyone has to write on NVIDIA because Jensen Wong saw all of this coming years ago, where he realized that you can make uh, someone look more like, I mean, when I saw the stormtroopers, the white stormtroopers, and I couldn't tell which ones were the drawings and which ones were the real ones, I knew. He had me at stormtrooper. He had you at that, huh? Uh, Yeah, every day a little bit of metaverse, we have to talk about it. We should point out, though, it is still years away. No. No? No, Ralph I mean, Lauren. Ra- certainly okay, about listen. It from listen. Ralph Lauren used Metaverse to sell away. suits, sell clothes. But I don't know if you could anything that Strauss had to say from Take Two. Take Two. Yeah. That is that's GTA is in the Metaverse. It's actually a Verdun. I said you can call it Metaverse Verdun, not. But I think that we have to speak to Qualcomm about Metaverse because believe it or not, they're involved. Uh, you know what? I want to talk to Cristiano about the Metaverse and a lot of other things. In fact, as Jim just said, we are keeping an eye on shares of Qualcomm. Take a look at them because uh, is it up twenty? As we told you be uh, before, we saw the opening bell. Yeah, it's too. going to be a very strong performer, and it is up almost. Let's call it over twelve percent, fifty-six percent increase in chip sales is what the company saw. That is despite what were, of course, shortages around the globe. Joining us now on the first on CNBC is Cristiano Amman. He is the company's president and CEO. Cristiano, great to have you this morning. And, you know, let's start there on the supply chain uh, because you did seem to navigate it in a way perhaps that some of your competitors were unable to. You even said in the call, on the call, we were able to work through the supply constraints to address the demand that came up. Give me a little more um, meat on that bone. What were you able to work through to make sure you were able to meet all the demand. All right, well, good to see you all. Very happy to be here, very happy day uh, for Qualcomm. But uh, look, supply, Dave, it, it worked exactly as we planned. If you'll remember, a couple of earnings calls ago, we had said scale helps. We, we addressed the issue early. We had a number of uh, design of our products in, in multi-sourcing. We, we even multi-source leading node technology. We announced like three new products that are a result of multi-sourcing. We put capacity plans in place and it's working exactly as we planned. We said that we'll see material supply improvements towards the end of the calendar year and it's kind of reflected in our guide. Um, Right, so you're gonna continue to navigate it well. I mean, your CFO on the call did say you still have constraints across the board and you have to figure out how the demand would have played out if there was supply across the industry. And I'm just curious, does that mean that there's even more potential demand as we move towards uh, into next year? Yes, and um, look, it's, uh, 
the reality is, uh, if we look at where we are like today, we, we had great uh, Q4 quarter, but you know we're still short. You know, as as we're going to see supplies substantially improving at the end of the calendar year, as well as we get into 2022. But there's more demand than supply, and uh, and I think as uh, Akash has outlined in the call, you know, as we look as we go into Q1, we could grow more in especially some of the new revenue streams and you know the new growth areas outside handsets. But uh, we have an incredible opportunity with Android, and we have been prioritizing, you know, the supply we have where we get the most return. Yeah, uh, well, you know, those new opportunities you mentioned, and obviously, I made, uh, I noted this earlier in our conversation about this. Thirty-eight percent of revenue is coming from non-handset-related sources. How much? And where do you feel comfortable with that going? Uh, is it going to be above that? Could it ever be fifty-fifty? I think it's uh, it. Why we're not making that prediction right now, I think we're going to provide a lot of details about that at the New York Analyst Day, November 16. But here's what I wanted to highlight. By all counts, our diversification strategy is working. And it's uh, it's working because at the end of the day, the market is moving to a roadmap. We're winning with technology. And uh, if 38%, you know, doesn't indicate that the diversification is really working, I don't know what it does it. But the important thing to answer your question is, we have now many great vectors of growth in addition to handsets. If you remember the last uh, uh, earnings call, not this one, the one before, we said that the growth business are growing at 1.6 times the handset business, and the handset business is on fire because we have the first inning of 5G, we have the incredible Android opportunity. And now we created a number of growth vectors for the company, for markets that are growing much faster than handsets. We have the conversions of uh, phones and PCs. Um, you know, we have invested early. We've been talking for years about uh, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality. You know, Facebook changed their company name because of the success of Oculus. We're the company, you know, behind all of those devices, you know, whether it's Facebook devices, Microsoft HoloLens. That's a great vector growth for us. And we have uh, IoT. And if you believe in the cloud economy, you believe in the Qualcomm, you know, IoT connecting all of those devices to the cloud. And that could represent much larger percent of revenues as we mature those markets. Now, Cristiano, it's Jim. Really uh, thrilled that you did the uh, Vionier deal, which is going to be for assisted driving. Uh, new, new Via is also a great deal. But what I'm interested in, and I think people should know this, is that you really have a hammer lock on pretty much everybody in cell. Uh, you have Apple. It's mentioned on the call, so I'll mention it. But you also have Android. Can you tell people how big Android is? Because I think people somehow think that Apple's much bigger than Android. Android is is doing great, and uh, and what happened is because of our technology roadmap, the Snapdragon, especially our 800 series, became synonymous with premium flagship devices. You see this on the Galaxy uh, GS21. You see on the Fold. You see on the Flip. Uh, new form factors are coming up. I think Samsung's been very successful with the bigger screens, the flip phone. We're seeing new companies like Xiaomi. All of a sudden, Xiaomi is now number two OEM and the world number one in Europe. Android is growing. I think the 5G has the potential to continue to change the landscape in the mobile market. And we saw with, with the, you know, what happened in the shift across OEMs, an incredible opportunity for us to grow faster than the market. 
The market in mobile grows in single digits. We're growing much faster. We're growing share within the Android uh, premium and high tier. And, you know, it's important to highlight when we sell a Snapdragon uh, mobile platform 800, there's a lot more silicon content than selling a modem. So we just actually just uh, one single Snapdragon uh, 800 device replace a lot of devices with modem. We have more uh, silicon content, more revenue and earnings, and we're very happy with the mobile landscape right now. Okay, so Cristiano, uh, David was talking about AR, VR. Uh, your Snapdragon XR chipsets are doing incredibly well, the ones used by Facebook and others. But I'm trying to get a sense of how big that business can be relative to the terrific business now you have in auto and amazing cell phone business. See, what I, what I like about our cards right now, and, and I can't emphasize this enough, we have an incredible technology roadmap. We're, we're one of the few companies there all, all founded on you know high technology development, foundation on technology. And what happened is this roadmap is becoming relevant for auto, for the future of the PC, is for the new type of devices that could become the next computing platform. You know, it's not far-fetched to think that, you know, in addition of your phone, you may have an augmented reality glass, that's the new computing platform. And and that is creating a number of new vectors of growth for the company, especially on AR, VR. We invested early, and that is the reason that of the 50 devices that exist today, all use Qualcomm. All right, I want to talk about both of those things. Let's go back to autonomous for a second, Cristiano. Obviously, you see it as an opportunity. You've just indicated that the VNR acquisition key to that as well. But we were sitting at this desk five years ago talking about autonomous fleets of vehicles that were soon going to arrive with the advent of 5G. How many years away are we from what seemed like it might have been a lot closer than it really was? The way we're thinking about this, uh, David, is I think that when you think that, uh, let, let's talk about ADAS for a second before we go to autonomy. ADAS, level two plus and three is likely gonna be as pervasive as ABS, seat belts, and airbags. I think every car right. uh, is likely going to have it. And we're taking the same approach we took to the mobile industry to auto. Can we make this scale? And that's what we're doing with the view and the acquisition. I'll give a couple of examples that's already happening. Um, on the autonomy front, we are questioned. GM uh, recently announced their Ultra Cruise. That's Qualcomm. That's Qualcomm Silicon on it. And we're getting a lot of interest from the automakers about the ability to scale ADAS. And to answer your question is the large opportunity is really level two plus and three. Eventually we're gonna get to full autonomy, but we have a lot of opportunity to scale ADAS before we get there. Right, and a lot of years potentially to go. Uh, All right, you've made a couple of glancing references as well to uh, to the metaverse, at least in terms of your, you know, AR and VR and what you're able to do there. How big an opportunity do you see that uh, eventually, uh, Cristiano? Do you agree with Mark Zuckerberg that it'll be many years, but that it will be a very significant generator of potential profits? And how will Qualcomm ultimately play if, in fact, that is the case? Yes. Um, the simple answer to your question, Dave, is um, we, we make big bets. And uh, when we invested in the foundational technology that allow you to have those incredible VR and AR devices, I'm sure Facebook is becoming confident in, in their view based on the success of Oculus, which is 
enabled by Qualcomm. I believe there is going to be incredible potential for you to be connecting physical and digital spaces. Whether you agree or disagree, we're gonna live in the digital world or not. I think the opportunity to connect physical and digital spaces is real. A great simple way to point it to that is as we go back to work, you're gonna have people online, you're gonna have people in physical locations and that's gonna be uh, just on the enterprise alone uh, uh, necessity. This could be as big as the phone market if, if you think about all of us that have a cell phone could have a companion glasses. And uh, we're the company to scale. So the way to think about the metaverse is there are multiple bets, there are multiple uh, versions of how uh, people believe the metaverse is going to win. You have a view for the consumer, you have a view for the enterprise. There's one thing in common. We're going to be the company enabling the devices like we're doing today for the HoloLens and the Facebook Oculus. Okay. To be continued, perhaps in the metaverse at some point. When we meet there, Cristiano, in the metaverse, is it, I mean, will it feel like this or will it feel different? Uh, I, you know, as just looking the pace of technology innovation, I think we, it's going to feel like we're in person, but I, I wish I were in person with you guys. Uh, um, yeah. I'm happy, you know, travel is back and uh, it's good uh, to see people. As, uh, as do we. We look forward one day to being in person with you as well, but certainly appreciate your taking time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Still one more Qualcomm CEO who is a delight to be with. And just, you know, these guys are tough, but they are also fair and I find them nice. And I don't mean nice like in the damning faint praise. Right. I mean just a terrific guy. Right. Coming up in the next hour, the earnings interviews continue. CEOs of Booking Holdings, Haynes Brands, Kellogg, and more. First, though, time for the bond report. Uh, got the two-year uh, down to 42 basis points, lowest since October 21st, as we have the 75th record high for the S&P so far this year. Let's get to gym and stop trading. Watch Pioneer Drilling PXD. Once again, Scott Sheffield, he saw some lower, uh, gro- not, not great properties it, versus his whole mosaic. Two held hand at Continental, therefore raising his gross margins, doing a lot of things right. That's important during an era when Exxon is to stick on what they're going to do, David, when it comes to climate change. So Pioneer's a winner, and I continue to think that's my favorite high growth name. Yeah, waiting for OPEC Plus. So maybe we'll get some production yeah. news, but doesn't seem very likely despite no. the pressure. But this is the one to buy, and Devin for dividend. They are both brilliant companies. Uh, how about tonight? Okay, Planet Fitness trying to stay in shape. And then, a client, you know, we have a company, I don't know you guys, Papa John's. It's just been, it has exploded. It's doing so well. Huh. Uh, and that's a lot of that Shaq, the Shaqaroni. And then Frank Del Rio, the man who said, you got to be vaccinated, come on our ships. And it's turned out to be a brilliant move. Papa John's uh, comps on a two-year stack. Anybody want to guess? Two-year stack. Up 32. Yep. Wow. Well, six ingredients. Wow. Very, very. I hope they bring us some. They really turned that thing around. Oh, that's, no, no. That that's why was, I said uh, that was, that was Jeff. Jeff. Smith. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. why I'm so happy to have them because it's a remarkable turn. And it's a reminder that you can bring in good people, smart people who are business people, Shaq, who understands the franchise business and just turn it around. It's a great hopeful story. I really, I really like it. Well, we have you, though. Um, it's not just about the record highs today for Russell, S&P, NAS, uh, but the VIX at a, the lowest since July, Jim. Wow. Well, I think once you get past a, a Fed chief who says, will you stop it already? We're just going to 
do what's right. Who knows what's going to happen? It kind of took the Fed out of play. Uh, now, I mean, we're worried about you can, you can create one. You know, Taiwan, I'm worried about. But the, you got through earnings. You got through taper. Yeah. Um, well, corporate taxes, not going to be a disaster. No, now we're seasonally again. This is that period where things are just terrific. And I'd like to see oil stay here so that it does, so we don't have to hear endlessly that, that Jay's asleep at the wheel. Uh, we do have some declines in uh, retail. I'm sorry, uh, in spot gas, down 12 cents yes. in the Northeast down 11 cents in the Great Lakes. Wings, by the way, sold uh, down 40 cents in the last few weeks. Yeah. Maybe so some your, relief. Your, your favorite stock probably over the last five years, NVIDIA, is up oh, yeah. another 5%. Well, it, at, uh, it is right at a $700 billion dollar market value. He is. You didn't want to lose sight of that. I called him Da Vinci. We talk a lot about Tesla, um, but this remember, is up 113% this year. Yeah. No, th- yeah. Look, this is a company that has real earnings. He's a genius. Remember, going to the headquarters... And I said, what is that on the walls? He goes, well, I figured out a way to grow grass vertically on the walls if you get the sun right. <laughs> and this man is, he's, he's everything. He's Copernicus meets Ben Franklin meets Da Vinci. Um, he's remarkable. And Frank Lloyd Wright, let's sell him in too. Frank Lloyd Wright also. Yeah. Is well, I, I don't name well. my dogs idly, David. I don't name my dogs. We'll see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. FedEx.